Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Respite Podcast. My name is Alex Bricky, and I am joined here today with Caroline McDowell and Ainsley Vivian. And today we'll be discussing how art influences culture and the art of Ainsley Vivian. <laughs> Great. <laughs> nice to have me, Alex Bricky. <laughs> oh, it is nice to have <laughs> No, I'll just say... Um, it's great to be here, Alex Berkey. Mm. And Caroline. Yeah, Thank it's you. great to have you. Thank you. So Ainsley, we would love to start by hearing a little bit about you. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah, so um, I'm a student at Columbia International University, and I'm studying teacher education and Bible. And I am from Australia, so I moved here just a little under a year ago. Oh, do, do you want to know more about what I do? <laughs> Whatever you want. Um, I, ooh, well, I'm an artist as well. I enjoy drawing. Um, I love performing. I also write poetry. Um, and I have my own blog as well, um, at a drop of ink um, is the name of the Instagram page. But um, yeah, and I also have a business where I sell some of my drawings, um, kind of an a new business that I started uh, just under a year ago as well. So, yeah. That's really cool. So how did you choose to come to CIU? Yeah, so my both my parents, uh, about, well, 30 years ago, they graduated from CIU um, as well. My grandparents went to CIU as well. And I just, um, I don't know, I always had it kind of in my blood. And then we came about 10 years ago when I was seven or eight and we visited and immediately felt this like community at CIU was just astounding. Um, and that was only at eight years old. And then I came back three years later when I was 11 and, you know, pretty much felt it even stronger then. Um, so yeah, I pretty much felt God's calling for me to come here and then, you know, things happened. I didn't really, have much issue getting into CIU except for COVID. And um, COVID was probably the biggest concern on my mind was how am I actually going to leave Australia and get to the States? Um, and that was literally the most stressful time because I felt like God was kind of, you know, I didn't know if God was going to allow that to happen, even though it had been a dream of mine for like 10 years. Um, but God just opened the doors and pretty much led me straight here. And I still feel God's calling for me to be here. So that's awesome. So you mentioned earlier that you started a business, um, art and poetry, and you do like drawings and stuff like that. I've seen them. They're really cool. Thanks, I man. like them a lot. I got one for Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was wondering how you got inspired to start doing that in the first place. Like what art and poetry originally inspired you? What was the moment that you went, I want to do this? Yeah. Poetry um, in particular I think one of, I wasn't really a poet writer. I think a lot of my, like my school ran poetry competitions. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just, you know, I enjoyed writing it. It wasn't like super meaningful to me, I would say. I think I just really enjoyed doing it. Um, and then I think probably around junior, senior year of high school, um, I started reading other people's poetry, so things like Robert Frost, um, and, you know, recently I've read George Herbert, and he's incredibly inspiring, 
um, John Donne, he wrote the holy, he wrote some pretty weird metaphysical poetry, um, but he wrote these beautiful collection of sonnets called the Holy Sonnets, and they're just astounding. Um, and I think one thing poetry has become is kind of like an outlet for me. Um, whenever I am experiencing some emotion or having some experience that I can't necessarily put into words or is so clear in my mind that I have to write it down in some sort of creative capacity. I think poetry is that outlet for me. And I'll often think, hmm, maybe this is a poetry idea. Maybe this is how I'm going to be able to process whatever's going on in my life. Um, so yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons that's like one of the inspirations for poetry for me. It's just, it's developed over time. It's just become more and more of an outlet for me. Um, to really process what's going on in my life and then, or what's going on in the world as well. Like there's a lot of stuff going on on in our world. Um, drawing is, I mean, I started doing the kind of drawings that I'm doing around, um, grade seven. Um, so around middle school age and it really just developed. I can't really say anything particularly inspired it except that, um, there's this one distinct moment. I was just with a friend and we were looking up an idea for art, artwork and stuff. And we did this, this kind of artwork, it's called Zentangle. Um, and we were just drawing. And then I basically developed kind of my own style from there. I, mom and dad got me like a book about it. Um, and I started drawing that and then just practice and practice. So there's really no meaningful reason or inspiration per se, except for Pinterest, and, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty cheesy. Um, but like coloring books and things like that. I just love working with the art. Um, in fact, I wrote a poetry kind of partially based on my art, um, called lines and just, just how, yeah, just about different um, lines in our world, not just in my artwork, but just what lines we cross in our world and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a long explanation, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So you mentioned that art and poetry have helped you process a lot of things, especially during this very pivotal point in your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering how the art and poetry of other people has also helped you process things and how that's made you into the person you would say you are today. Are there any works that have been particularly inspiring to you or anything like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, John Donne, um, I don't know why, because like in a weird way, uh, John Donne mixes. It's really weird. I don't know. I don't particularly like it. In fact, he's probably one of my least favorite poets, which is kind of ironic. He he mixes sexuality with um, with religion and he's like a bishop or something. But he like mixes the two together. And it's really like it's really off putting to me. But then, like I said, he wrote this collection of holy sonnets and they're about, you know, they're about Christ, a lot of them, and about how, um, I don't know, I mean, part of it's, it's a lot of his guilt and shame in how Christ died for us since one of his, uh, I can't remember which one, there's two main ones, holy sonnet 13 and holy sonnet 11. One of them um, talks about basically his, just his like agony over the fact that like he continues to sin and Jesus came and just like came to earth and humbled himself. And it was just one of the most inspirational poems to me because it kind of, it showed me that, you know, 
in our artwork and in our poetry and in whatever we do, um, we can we can include, I think, God in the picture. And I think that's part of the way artists can glorify God is if we we show we include God in whatever artwork we do. Um, and I think that was like just a real like it was a pivotal moment for me because I realized literature and art wasn't a matter of, I don't know, just writing for the sake of writing or drawing for the sake of drawing or producing something beautiful just to have others appreciate it. It was actually so that we can glorify God and just prove our our being made in the likeness of God um, through our artwork. So, yeah. Yeah. So this may be slightly tangential, but you mentioned incorporating God into our artwork. Do you think that that has to be done explicitly or especially in the case of visual art? Do you think it can be not quite as explicit? Mm. Basically, would you mind fleshing that out a little bit more and explaining what you think that looks like? Yeah. I think the first thing that pops into my head is just like, I think it's in the nature of artists to not always be explicit um, about what we do. I think some people, sometimes the most beautiful artwork is when you really have to delve into the art and really like try and understand what was artist coming from, um, where was artist coming from. I mean, part of the, (laughs) a problem can stem from that is like a lot of this postmodernism stuff is just like, let's make a meaning of whatever, you know, there's artwork here and we'll just make whatever meaning we want to out of it. So sometimes being too, whatever, too covert about your intentions with your art can be a problem. Um, But I think artists can really, I mean, they can glory, if they want the whole, the general population to see um, that their artwork is glorifying God, they'll be a bit more explicit, I'm sure. But I think, um, I don't know if this answers your question, (laughs) but yeah, I think just in general, I think either way, it's up to the artist. Um, But yeah, being, I don't know, just do it and do it how you do it. But, you know, hopefully glorifying God in the process. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So what exactly does writing poetry mean to you specifically? Um, You mentioned that... uh, Artists like John Donne were very influential, um, especially when it came to expressing your their his faith um, mm-hmm. and showing the beauty of God. Mm-hmm. But how do you incorporate that into your own work? I think um, I think part of it is I don't know recognizing that. Sorry, this is this question caught me off guard. <laughs> it didn't really um I think part of it is for me personally I don't know I think God gave me emotions and feelings and often I don't feel like I'm a verbal processor I'm also a written processor so I don't think I process like in my head I think I process out loud or I process in writing. And so I think God kind of allows me to kind of express myself in that way and in that capacity. And it's meaningful to me because I'm like, I, you know, whether or not someone else understands my poetry or understands what I'm writing. And sometimes I'm like, no one's going to understand this. This is just me. Um, I think it's, it's how I can, you know, understand the emotions God's giving me or whatever I'm feeling in that moment. Um, 
or whatever I'm thinking or however I'm understanding the world right then. Sometimes I go back over my poetry and I'm like, I don't even understand what I was saying there, but it was, it was meaningful to me in that moment. Um, and in fact, when you eventually do go out onto the stage and you perform poetry or you just like, just kind of, I don't know <laughs> oh, how to say that. I was going to say undress in front of the audience. You can't do that. <laughs> It's not, I'm sorry, no. But no, you like, you become vulnerable is what I meant. Um, so when you become vulnerable in front of the audience in that way, I think there's actually a large percentage of the population <laughs> in that audience who are actually like, they see, they feel that rawness and they feel those same emotions as you. And you felt like you were all alone in that moment um, when you had to write this poem and you were feeling so down but then you're able to like empathize with other people and people are able to empathize with you and understand exactly what you're going through. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Alex Bricky for. <laughs> so I'm guessing based on your response, you would say that poetry and art should not only be something individualistic, but also very community centered as well. Mm -hmm. They're what bring people together and help unify us and I'm guessing you would even say that they can be a really cool tool for sharing the gospel in that way mm -hmm. yeah I mean I performed that one poem for um the poetry mm -hmm. of night or something and I think part of me is so like overwhelmed with love for the Lord and just I just have I mean I'm not saying this on my own accord it's definitely spirit given um but like a passion for Christ that it's very hard for me not to incorporate that biblical worldview into my poetry. Um, and so I think part of it is just, I mean, in my, it is definitely a way in which we can explain the gospel to others. Part of it for me is, it just kind of comes out naturally because I just love God so much. So it just like kind of comes out and there's really no other way for me to see the world except through the eyes of the Bible and through what God's given us in his word. So, yeah. So you mentioned that it's such a good way of expressing um, the gospel to other people and like that it just flows from your poetry. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think art and poetry itself is perceived in today's culture as we live in a, as you mentioned, a postmodern society? How do you think that's uh, shifted from the past? Um, I mean, I think the world has definitely become like, we've become more secular, um, where the whole culture is just moving away from God. And you can see that pretty clearly, I think just in everything that's going on in the world. I mean, we never really were, I mean, <laughs> people by nature are never, um, fully wanting God and desiring God. Um, and we could get into the whole Calvinist <laughs> When do we actually um, love God? But we're not going to get into that argument right now. But um, but I think, you know, we see this push away from God, especially in today's culture as we become more secular with technology and just everything going on and just everything being pushed in our faces that, you know, God isn't real or um, God isn't worth following or there's no God or whatever. Um, so I think part of it is just artwork now – I don't know. I and uh, like the artwork now, I feel like it's just a lot of anger, like a lot of pent up anger. 
against things in our world. People are just angry at one another. And it just shows you like people without God aren't aren't going to love other people, even in their artwork, even in what's supposed to be beautiful and loving and I think meant to bring people together. It drives people apart. And um, so, yeah, I think, yeah. I would would probably push that a little bit and say that um, the artwork is kind of an expression of longing for Mm -hmm. something and that the anger is is a result of wanting something more but not getting it or putting it in somewhere else. Yeah. So, like, part of it is that they're, you know, um, disappointed that I don't think people, you know, you talk about the God-shaped hole in our hearts and people aren't filling it with the right thing. And so, yeah, they're, they're disappointed and they don't have, um, they their desires aren't being fulfilled by what's in this world. And so they're disappointed and angry about that. Um, but I would just say they're not willing to look for it in the right places um, necessarily. So not everyone, but, you know. So how would you encourage someone to seek that out? I think, I mean, I hate just leaving the words be open because obviously you could be open to a lot, Um, especially in art. There's a lot of messed up stuff out there. Um, There's a lot of messed up stuff anywhere, Um, whether in art or whatever place you are. Um, But I think being... I mean, part of art is an artist is expressing themselves and they're being open and they're being vulnerable with whatever they're expressing. So I think you've, you have to be open to listen to them um, and listen to what they're saying. Um, You don't have to accept it. And I think, I think part of Christian art in particular, there's something different about it. And um, there's something worth listening to. Um, and I'm not going to like preach that to someone. I'm not going to like push that in someone's face. Um, but you know, being open to listening to the artwork, I think is just going to be the most effective use of our time in this world is just, yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, even as Christians, whether or not it's artwork, we know those people who aren't going to listen to us, um, aren't going to listen to the Bible. They're not going to listen to God. Um, but whether or not you're a Christian, we should be listening to one another, whatever it is. And so, yeah, that's kind of, does that make sense? Be open with about that kind of stuff, just to listen. Um, you don't have to accept everything. And that's part of tolerance is like, they want you to, culture wants us to accept everything and everyone, except when it's not what they want you to accept. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So that's not really being open, but yeah. 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 I would love to circle back around to something you said just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about listening and being open and how that also relates to the negative aspects of tolerance that we see in our culture. But a few minutes ago, you also talked about how you feel that a lot of modern art and poetry exhibit and sometimes even lead to this anger or bitterness or separation which obviously isn't a good thing. Mm. So how, I guess, would you reconcile the anger and bitterness and hatred that will, sorry, 
I'm mm. trying to figure out how to formulate this question. No. I guess what I'm thinking is as Christians, when we make art, if we stand for the truth, we know that it will cause a lot of people to be angry and bitter and it will ultimately cause some separation and that mm. should be a good thing because in the new testament it talks about not being conformed to this world but being transformed by the renewal of your mind so if we are standing for the truth that ultimately will lead to some anger or bitterness or separation i think mm. of people like flannery o'connor or Fyodor dostoyevsky who were these amazing christian artists but their work is so hmm I guess even with O'Connor, it's so scandalous today, and mm. it's such a bitter and divisive subject. Yeah. How do we approach all of that as Christians while wanting to bring people together, but also not wanting to slip into the negative aspects of tolerance? I'm not sure if that question makes any sense. Yeah, so like, how do we listen but don't conform? Is that kind of mm-hmm. one of the things, like... Yeah, how do we listen and not conform? And also, is it ever okay to be producing art that is causing anger, bitterness, Mm. and separation? Is that ever a valid, even intent or purpose for producing art? Yeah. Um, Well, listening and don't conform, just in answer to that one, because that's, I think, a pretty quick question, a pretty quick answer is, is just... I mean, being informed as Christians, being informed by God's word. And so Mm -hmm. I think um, being able to know, I mean, you want to listen to someone else and you want to hear them out because how else are you meant to give them a response um, from the Bible? I mean, how else are you supposed to know if you don't listen? And I think that's pretty obvious. And when we don't listen, we have problems. Um, But being informed by God's word, I think will God, I mean, God gives us his spirit. He promises in times when we're in debates and stuff, his spirit will help bring to mind Mm -hmm. things that can help us. Um, And he promises us in his word. So I'm like, anyway, so that I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Now repeat your second question again for me because I've forgotten it. No, you're good. Essentially, um, earlier we were discussing the anger, bitterness, and separation that are sometimes present in modern art and poetry and are other times caused by modern art and poetry Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the negative implications of that do you think that there could be a positive side of the coin and as christians do you think it's ever okay to produce art that is intentionally going to produce those feelings of anger bitterness that will lead to separation Mm. can that ever be good i think I'm, I'm definitely, I've definitely got opinions on things that are going to make people in this world angry. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I don't think, I don't think anger is ever a solution to anything, but I think that's how the world or how people in general, even Christians are going to respond to things that they don't like to hear. Um, I think, I don't think it's a good response. I think that's just how people do respond. So I don't, I think it's part of it is, you know, causing another brother to stumble, just simple anger. Um, it could, there's, you know, there's righteous anger. If it's an unrighteous anger and, you know, if, if whatever we're saying is causing them to get angry about something that's actually truthful, well then is it my duty as a Christian not to say 
something that's going to cause them to sin or to get mad or to get violent about certain things. You know, I don't know if, if any of my artwork would ever cause a riot in the streets, but, but it's not my, it's not my place not to speak the truth just because it may you know what I mean so I think Christians are gonna Christians are going to cause division simply because the world doesn't want to hear what God has to say so if Christians are preaching God's word effectively we're gonna see we're gonna see anger we're gonna see hatred from people who don't want to hear from God and so in artwork that might that might spark some sort of problem there might be anger from people, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a a bad I don't think it's a bad thing for us to see. In fact, I think that's something that's indicating we're doing the right thing as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean Jesus says, I mean, it, I'm actually concerned in my own life, am I too comfortable because I'm not seeing enough people mad at me or rejecting me? Um and so I even sometimes just pray to God, you know, I want to see I want to see hurt. I want to see rejection because I want to know that I'm actually doing what you've called me to do and seeing what's come of that. Not because I want more anger in this already angry world, but because I know that's going to prove to me that, that he's working in me to show them the truth, Mm. even if they don't want to see it. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's, yeah. No, that definitely does. Thank you. No, no problem, girl. Yeah, so I guess another question I would have is how do you think the Bible portrays art and poetry? And what do you think the importance of it in the scriptures is? Um, I think God is by nature creative. I think we see that. So I think that's pretty obvious. Genesis 1, very clear. Um, I think so part of, uh, creating artwork is just how God's made it. And then he gives us, I think, freedom as his creation to then use what he's created and produce something on ourselves, uh, by ourselves. I think an interesting thing, especially with art made by humans, um, is that I've always wondered, you know, there must be, God must have blueprints or something for some other creation that we never could understand. There's, you know, something, it's not atoms that were made out of or something, you know, there's something different um, that God may, you know, have designed. And, um, and I'm always thinking, you know, humans, we can't even fathom that. We can only work within what God's already given us. And like, yeah, we have, there's create like creative aspects that may not be reality right now. Um, anyway, this is a tangent from your original question, but I think it's cool to, I just wanted to point out, it's kind of cool that we can only work within what God's given us. Um, so just, yeah, another proof that, I mean, just God's amazing. <laughs> another thing that the Bible, I think in terms of artwork is just, I mean, the Psalms is very clear example of poetry. Um, and, and David's way of processing and David's way of lamenting and David's way of praising God and not just David, obviously there's the other Psalm writers. Um, and I think that's just awesome. I think God allows us to use artwork to, um, for many different means, whether to glorify, well, always to glorify. I mean, the Psalms are all glorifying God. They're just, there's also laments and there's just times when they're just needing to process and just to rant to God or whatever it is. Um, so yeah. Anyway, 
I think that's one of a couple of the biblical portrayals of artwork there. So clearly your your artwork is very much inspired by biblical stuff. Um, I say stuff, <laughs> <laughs> quotation <laughs> marks, uh, like Bible stories. Um, in your in particular, you can find uh, for those listening, you can find her poems on Instagram a lot. Um, at it's at little light of mine. No, a, at little a drop. A drop of ink. Of ink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, Shout out. Um, but there's one in particular called um, The Better Adam, and that mm-hmm. one's a really uh, visceral portrayal of Jesus on the cross in uh, comparison to the first Adam. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, how do you hope uh, your art and poetry influences and impacts people? I know that that one was really, uh, really impactful. Uh, we, uh, here at Columbia International University, we held a, um, a poetry reading night and Ainsley presented it and it was really cool to watch the room just kind of go, whoa. Mm. Um, but how do you hope your, uh, artwork to impact people as they read it and hear it in the future? Yeah, I think, I think part of it, um, if I'm, and disclaimer out there, any artist can, easily garner a sense of pride in their own artwork and it's not always a pride that um as a christian artist you want to have you want it to all glorify god um i hope that the impact my artwork can have is is that people will turn around and praise god for it um or praise god because of what's been said in it um i it's very easy as an artist to assume the glory that comes with writing something beautiful. Um, but I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Um, I don't want any of the glory. I think that all goes to God. And, um, because like I said, like I said before, um, everything in this world we do within the realm of what God's already made. And I think, I think part of that is just, I, I didn't, I didn't come up with it. God, I mean, God just, Put it on my heart and I was able to write on a page and I hope that for someone they're just reminded of just who he is especially with the better Adam I mean that was a portrayal of Christ's death and I just want people to see how much greater he was um and without going into the whole <laughs> um the whole poem but just see how much greater he is and like how much lesser we are I mean that's a controversial thing to say in today's society but yeah, I just hope it impacts people because I, I I want people to see as well that they have, I think others have the capability of producing things that are beautiful and that can glorify him. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. I don't, I want it to impact them to, to glorify him and not me. So, yeah. So this is our final wrap up question. Right. Um, but how do you find rest, um, just, uh, going about day-to-day life? We're here at CIU, college life is very busy. Uh, rest is one of the most important aspects of any Christian life, mm-hmm. but how do you personally find it and where? I'm very much extroverted and introverted. I don't, I don't know if ambivert's a thing. Most people say it isn't, but I think it is. Um, I definitely rest for me. I love spending time with people and I love just, 
I don't know, chatting with people, processing verbally, writing, doing artwork. That's all very important to me. But sometimes it's just like the quiet moments you can have where you don't have to say anything. You can just literally be in prayer to God or you can read your Bible. I mean, those are such cliche answers, but I think, I mean, resting for me is just knowing I think God is there and I can do life with him. So I think in everything that I do, I would, I would say that times alone are usually times of rest for me, probably because when I, I can do things that I feel like I can be more, this sounds really weird, like, ooh, 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 but like aware of God in that moment. Cause when you're busy, you're not always aware. Oh yeah. There's a creator up in heaven who loves me. Um, so yeah, those are kind of moments of rest is when I have those quiet moments to spend with God. That's really cool. Thanks, man. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast. No problem. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find your, if they want to read Better Adam or some of your other works, where can they find that? Sure. So I have two, there are two Instagram accounts. Um, for my blog is where you're going to find a lot of my poetry. So you can go on at a drop underscore of ink um, and you'll find some poetry. I've also done, I did a, a devotional over the summer break last year. Um, and if you want to do, if you want to see my drawings or my store, um, that's on a, at, <laughs> at, uh, underscore little underscore line underscore of mine. I think <laughs> I don't remember it's a little line or it's just, no, it's just little line of mine. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> Brain fart. <laughs> at, little underscore line underscore of underscore mine <laughs> i'm so sorry you're all good yeah so you can find me there yeah uh for those listening i would encourage you to go check it out her work is really cool and thank you for listening <laughs>